Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Talk and Talk podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Mel. And before I walk into introducing myself for everybody who may be listening that has absolutely no idea who I am, let me start off by saying just how fucking nerve-wracking this is. The entire time I was under the impression that this would be like a cute, little, chill, relaxing, fun time, and I'm sweating, my hands are shaking, my heart is going a little pitter-patter, it's got a little bit of a choreography going on, and the excitement does come with a lot of nervousness, so we're here. I have no idea what I am doing, but I am taking you guys on this journey with me. For some reason, this is a lot more more intimidating than what I have done in the past with creating content. I think it is almost the prospect of being more open and vulnerable that always sort of terrifies me when it comes to creating content. However, I think it is only but a natural step in this whole situation. Now, if you want a little bit of a <laughs> credible credentials moment, I feel like I'm about to recite a resume. It really isn't that fancy. My name is Mel. I am a Panamanian content creator. My cycle with creating content is a little bit funny. Count all the times I've said creating content, content creation. I'm sure you'll have a nice little game by the end of this podcast. However, I have been creating content for almost, if not already, eight years. And it's been a little bit of a funny cycle. I started out with talking all things relating makeup. I was very heavily into makeup as I was in high school. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point of the pod. However, started doing that for a few years and then got certified as a makeup artist. So I did that professionally for a few years. And then the world collapsed and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a proper job anymore. And so I slowly but surely got back into the book internet, the book world, particularly on YouTube, also known as a booktube. And after reconnecting with my love of reading back then, three years ago, or almost three years ago, I decided to open a YouTube channel to talk about all things books. And we've been going very, very strong, if I do say so myself. So those are my credentials, credible or not, there they are. It's really nothing fancy again, short and sweet for you. And I have been reading my entire life. I think that's also a really nice place to start. But I picked up my first book when I was about six or seven years old in the hopes to escape what at the time was a very dysfunctional household. My parents went through a very nasty divorce when I was very young. And I found books, I think, at the right time. I really wanted to escape that very complicated reality I was living in. At the time, I obviously didn't understand exactly what was going on. And I think, again, I found particularly the fantasy genre, which then became the sci-fi genre, which then became dystopian books. I think I found those all at the right time. I wanted to read about worlds and about characters that didn't necessarily mirror the situation I was going through at home because maybe unknown to my parents and what they were doing at the time, they really put me and my brother in the middle of this divorce. And so I wanted nothing to do with it. I think rightfully so. And so I was constantly picking up those books and finishing one and then picking up the other. I was checking books books out of the library, taking them home, taking my time with them, and really falling in love with these series and these characters that, again, had such different lives than what I had at the time. And it brought me this sense of safety. It almost felt like a safe haven for me to be surrounded by books. And that only increased as time went on. Again, what 
was one genre I loved, then became a second genre, then became a third genre. And I continued reading, I think primarily fantasy, paranormal romance, sci-fi dystopian, all throughout my childhood and then teenage years, up until I found Wattpad. And then that's when I really started diving into perhaps those more contemporary books, maybe that occasional romance. And Wattpad really was a part of those formative years. Let me tell you, I found some good stuff on Wattpad. I stand by that platform or what it used to be at least. I don't read on there anymore, but that really brought me so much good content on those teenage years. So shout out to Wattpad for bringing in that good content back in the day because it really did give it all to me. And so that was kind of my trajectory with reading growing up. I was very much in love with it. It really was that safe space for me. Then in those last few years of high school, I think was when I sort of solidified that I was exclusively kind of reading on Wattpad and I really wasn't reading a lot of traditionally published books. And so I kind of stuck to that. It was also like a really confusing time in my life because I had no idea what the fuck I wanted to do after high school. At first it was law, then it was theater, then I went into theater, then I did makeup. And it was sort of like all over the place for me as far as what I wanted to pursue and what I wanted to do. And then flash forward to again when the world collapsed in on itself and everything shut down and I didn't really have anything to do job-wise. I found books again at a time where I really needed them, which was right at the start of the Panini, and I started reading again, and it was such a joyful time. Even just thinking about it brings a smile to my face because I vividly remember sitting on my mom's couch and reading whatever I could get my hands on, whether it was things I already owned or things that I was recently buying because I had missed out on certain titles, because that was the other thing, right? Because I hadn't been reading for so long, I wasn't consuming any booktube, I I had no idea what was new and like what was relevant and what people were reading and what were those good books anymore. I was like so wired and tuned to those last few videos that I had watched years in the past. And so walking into BookTube again, just as a spectator, not even as a creator, it kind of struck me how many new books had come out, how many authors I had never heard of, and how many other new creators there were that were bringing in like new and exciting content to the platform that I still love and watch all the time. And it kind of pushed me even deeper in love with books. It pushed me to sort of read books that I never thought I had read, but also kind of catch up with those releases I had missed out on. And with watching so much booktube at the time and reading so many books at the time, I was like, you know what? Just fuck it. Let's just start a YouTube channel. It's not like I have a lot of things to do in this day and age. And I did. I did start my own channel. Again, it's been an amazing run so far. However, it's an interesting journey as well. When I think about 2020 as a year of reading in particular, reading was so much fun. Like I was picking up whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted to. And while yes, I was catching up with those releases. And yes, I was picking up things that perhaps I wouldn't have picked out years in the past. I was having a lot of fun. That liberty of being able to pick up whatever I wanted whenever I 
either wanted to or I could was something that I was very much enjoying at the time. And I started creating content sort of in a similar way of what I had experienced with BookTube in those early stages of it starting out as a niche on the platform. Again, all of those single book reviews and maybe like the occasional TBR and these tags and Reading vlogs to me were like a really unknown concept because even though I'd been watching booktube for a long time, what we were seeing a lot of was, again, single book reviews, maybe the occasional reading vlog, but it was all mostly focused on release day vlogs, maybe the occasional weekly reading vlog if somebody was feeling fancy, but the concept of a video experiment, of a specifically themed reading vlog was immensely unknown to me. And so I started kind of dipping my toes into the reading series vlogs, which was reading an entire series, maybe a trilogy, maybe a duology. And I felt very comfortable in doing that because it was kind of like what I knew, which was very focused and geared towards reviewing a book and just reading it and kind of capturing perhaps some B-roll in between those update moments to give the reader a little bit of a break in between talking sessions. But 2021 really was that first year that I made a video experiment where I read outside of my comfort zone. I was picking up a classic. I was picking up a romance. I was picking up a literary fiction. And those were genres that I hadn't explored necessarily as a reader. Yes, I had read some of that while I was in school, but it really wasn't at the forefront of our curriculum because literature wasn't one of those prominent strong subjects where I went to school, nor was English our first language of study. And so even though my school was bilingual, that really wasn't part of our curriculum. Our teacher was kind of trying to cater to teenagers and he kind of knew that people would perhaps not find classics interesting. And so he kind of did what he could and classics were really not a part of that. And so that to me was very outside of my comfort zone. And through one video experiment to another reading experiment to another one, it slowly and surely changed the course of my year, not only drastically, but also changed the path and the course of my reading very, very much. I read Way of Kings, which is one of my favorite books of all time now, but I read it for a video experiment and it really was sort of this pivotal point because it made me realize how lackluster some of the YA fantasies I'd been reading at the time were. YA fantasy is one of those genres that I've been reading for a really long time. And although I absolutely love the genre and still read it to this day after again finding the right ones, YA fantasy is one of those genres that's very formulaic. You kind of know where sometimes it's going. It's full of the same tropes over and over again. And maybe perhaps not necessarily in a way that feels wholly original for certain stories. In fact, reading Way of Kings, which was my second adult fantasy, put me in such a big reading slump that I wasn't able to pick up and love another YA book in general, just beyond even fantasy, for about six months. And it was a really interesting time because I felt like I couldn't really pick something up and enjoy it. I felt like nothing was really sufficing. I felt like there was this disconnect now with what I believed I liked and what I actually liked. And so for the next few months, it really, I think, was a trial period for me as a reader. And I think primarily now as an adult, for me to figure out what as an adult I like that 
perhaps I didn't like when I was growing up. And I had never quite experienced anything like that because I was staying within what I knew that I liked and sort of the same, you know, formulaic books, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It brought me a lot of comfort and a lot of safety, but it really shook my world up in a way that might sound ridiculous for a lot of people. And 2022, by extension, became a continuation of 2021, where in 2021, I read a lot of books, first of all. I think I read about 160-something books. And at the time, I thought, like, oh my god, this ratio is so bad. When I look at the books that I enjoyed versus the books that I didn't, this is so bad. It really wasn't. I think that that end of year and me really being confused with what I liked now in terms of reading kind of also really confused me with, oh yeah, if I read 160 books, I should at least love about 120 of them, right? When with reading, there really is no way to know whether you're going to enjoy something or not. Just based on the premise, based on the synopsis, you might think that you will, but then when you get into the content of the book, it might be very different to what you were expecting. And I think that's just a natural part of the reading experience. However, I wanted to read slower in 2022 because I told myself there was no fucking way I had read 160 something books in 2021. Such a little amount of books in comparison to the amount of books I had read. I did not know how wrong I was at the time. And so despite me wanting to read slower, I was being consumed by video projects. I was so enamored by the idea of reading outside of my comfort zone. However, I think a lot of the motivation behind making these video projects was not necessarily the reading outside of my comfort zone, but I was so used to seeing these creators with these amazing ideas, with these amazing vlog concepts that I almost felt like I had to be at that standard of content creation in order for me to feel like a valid or be a valid content creator. And so that then led me to really prioritize reading for videos and completely almost leave aside the books that I wanted to read in my own time. And I gave up that reading as an escapism in order to comply with what I thought was expected of me as a creator in the space where I had to have a substantial amount of books in a wrap-up for it to be a good wrap-up, for it to be an interesting wrap-up. Wrap-ups, by the way, if you don't know what they are, is where a reader recaps everything that they read in a month and you kind of give smaller sized reviews on each of the books. And so not only did I think that I needed these very specific numbers in order to make my wrap-ups interesting for the audience, but then I started reading solely for these videos in a way that completely left aside reading for me. And that is ultimately how reading became my life instead of a part of my life, which is where we're going to spend a lot of this podcast episode on because I did not realize at the time exactly what it was that I was doing. And once I had the realization, I completely stepped away. I had to take a little bit of a break and I had to sort of reassess where all of these feelings were coming from so that I could then work on making reading a part of my life again and sort of make it more sustainable for me. So we're going to get there, friends, I promise. However, I was so focused on reading for these videos and having all of these ambitious concepts and all of these flashy titles 
because it really is what sort of plagues YouTube. And it's amazing. I absolutely love seeing these themed reading vlogs. Don't get me wrong and don't ever think that I don't because that is what I primarily watch. However, it was all consuming for me and it became truly the worst reading year of my life. It almost felt like writing a to-do list of I need to get to these many pages of this book for this video and I need to finish this book on this date in order for this video to go up. And while all of that is awesome and it is sort of a part of the job in many an instance, it was all that I was doing. And for me, I found, I think, without even asking, <laughs> I think I found out that for me, it's just not sustainable in the same way that it's sustainable and enjoyable for other creators. I was forcing myself to read at times where I really didn't feel like it. And instead of giving time to other hobbies or myself, I would always push myself to read. Audiobooks for me, which is one of my favorite ways of reading, for me, I think it's primarily either physical books or audiobooks. I absolutely love immersing myself through audio while being able to do other things. I would put them on two times speed or faster, sometimes only because I wanted to get it done and not because I wanted to find out what happened in the book, instead of allowing myself to sit with the story for just a little bit longer. And it was the same with physical books. When I gave myself challenges, sometimes I would read faster, still reading every word and still reading every page, but I would read faster only because I was like, okay, need to get this done, need to move on to the next one. And it again felt like a job to me. It didn't really feel like what reading felt like initially when I had first picked up that book. And it really is this sort of vicious cycle of when you do anything regarding arts, it's this sort of cycle that you put yourself in where you make your hobby or your art or that thing you really enjoy your job or a part of your job. And so even if though you're liking it, at that start point, you will probably at some point inevitably fall out of love with it because it's a job and then you have to reconnect with it and refine your love for that thing. And I was very much in that middle sound of falling so out of love with it that I didn't know what to do with myself because I was at that time in what I believed to be an endless reading slump, primarily because it's a part of the job description, right? You read a book, you finish the book, and then you sit down to film a review or to film an update clip for a vlog, and then you edit that, you put it up, rinse, and you repeat once, twice, three times a week or however many times a week you upload a video. And it was at the time, again, what I felt like was going to be an endless cycle for me where the joy was going to be continuously sucked out of me and I would never get out of that slump. I would never get out of the burnout that I was experiencing. And I really ended up operating in 2022 under this constant state of not only burnout, but also a massive reading slump because I didn't want to pick anything up, yet I still had to. In hindsight, it's really funny to me that while I gave everyone the advice to not read when they felt slumpy, I still did it myself. I continuously went out of my way to continue reading. And people were coming to me in live shows, in comment sections, in DMs, on Patreon, asking me the same question. Mel, what do you recommend I read if I'm in a reading slump? How do I get out of a reading slump? And I would always say the same answer, which was sit with your other hobbies. Don't read. Don't pick up a book. Watch a movie. Watch a TV show. Hang out with the people that you love. And when the time is right, 
reading will come back to you. It's fine. I never followed that advice myself. And now I find it quite curious because just like I've thought about the I haven't read in a week and I have to, haven't read in two days and I need to, I find so many of you guys vocalizing the exact same thing. And it's interesting how we all feel like this is something we have to get done, something we need to get done, as if it's something to scratch off a to-do list instead of something we do to relax and escape. And I find that probably other people feel the same way I do, with reading becoming my life and the only thing I do and me not prioritizing other things, instead of it being a part of my life and something I continue to do, not only because it provides me with amazing escapism, but it's because it's something that I love. And I think all of those feelings are not only pushed, but also emphasized by the internet. Book spaces on the internet are fascinating to me. And equally as fascinating as they are, they're terrifying because, well, I think all of us have experienced some level of judgment due to our enjoyment of reading. I think maybe all of us have a story of being in school, sitting on the bus, sitting in class, and having a book in our hands and somebody having something to say about it. We continuously box each other into this hobby as if we can't enjoy things outside of reading. And I see others, and myself included, being put down sometimes for sharing interests outside of picking up a book. Not to mention that there's so many contradicting and unnuanced takes that I see very often in all of these spaces, which is audiobooks aren't reading, reading romance books is shallow reading. You need to annotate books in a very specific way. If you're not annotating a book, then are you really even understanding what you're reading? You're not a smart or valid reader unless you're reading classics. And there are so many other takes that are not only lack the nuance, but some of them are ableist, some of them are tone deaf. And it really is something that grates on my nerves because it leads to pressures and expectations, not only on my end as a creator, but also to fellow readers to read from certain genres or not read from certain genres, to prioritize certain formats, because if not, then your reading isn't considered, quote unquote, real reading. Reading, whatever the hell that means to people, because if you're listening to an audiobook, you're still reading and consuming the exact same thing you would as if you were doing it with your eyes. It's the exact same words. It's the exact same chapter. A lot of people learn differently. A lot of people have to listen to books in order to consume them. And so to think that anything other than reading with your eyes is Something that is invalid is just so wild to me, or even as far as reading a vast amount of books, because otherwise your Goodreads list, your reading list, or your video isn't worthy, flashy, or eye-catching enough. And beyond the pressure and the expectation that that sets for many a content creator that ends up in the long run not being sustainable, I just think about all of the people that are watching this, they're watching the content, they are consuming the videos, that are consuming the pictures, the reviews, the takes. I can only imagine what that does to people who are watching with their own reading journey being invalidated by people who have a different set list of rules and expectations of what reading should be when there are no rules to reading and reading as a form of media consumption is a completely subjective experience. 
in the way that I may enjoy a book, the person next to me might not enjoy a book. And that's completely fine. And that's the beauty of it, that the stories we are consuming and the storylines and the plot and the characters or whatever it is, is just not going to be for everyone. And everyone will consume and analyze it differently in that same way the same formats are not going to be for everyone. The same books are not going to be for everyone. And the same genres are not going to be for everyone. And it's so wild to me that I see others continuously putting people down for what they are reading or how they're doing things as if it's any of their business. And I know for me, it really, really fucked me up, y'all. <laughs> and I say that in like a really candid way because I felt like I needed to be reading a very specific set of books and creating a very specific set of videos because otherwise people just didn't care. And so anyway, point is, <laughs> the debate kid came out to play there for a second. I really felt like I was in a committee. It just gave me like flashbacks, but I felt like I was in a committee defending my thoughts as a delegate. Anyways, point is, that is a big part of the reason why I found myself reaching for certain books within certain genres, creating very specific videos, because I felt like it was almost being demanded of me. And even if it was just one person or two people, it was very easy to get carried away with that. It's the same exact thought of when everybody is saying something nice and one person said something that's kind of iffy, you really kind of, it sticks with you, right? And it was the same exact thing for this particular instance. So not only did it make me reach for very specific things, for very specific concepts, but it also made me only want to include reading in my content. No updates on anything else. Nothing about like, oh, perhaps being a little bit vulnerable here or there. It was sort of like this very punctual thing because again, I see loads of people putting creators down for including bits and pieces of their lives that are not reading. I myself have gotten loads of comments, loads of recommendations to only, <laughs> recommendations is our favorite word, by the way, if you're new here and you've never heard me say the word <clears throat> recommendations, prepare yourself because still to this day, three years later, I still don't know how to quite say it properly and it's probably going to stay that way. But I've gotten loads of people just recommending to stick with the books, give me only the book updates. And I think that's valid. Obviously, when you see the title of a reading vlog, you expect reading book updates to be in that vlog. However, when reading is not the only thing you do all day and you're doing other things and you're running errands and you have to take care of your pets and you're spending quality time with your friends and family and then you also have the work, which for me in this case is obviously reading the books or not reading the books and filming the videos, editing the videos, putting them up, live streaming, whatever it is, my days are not only reading. And so while I'm aware that that is not everyone's opinion, it's very easy to get carried away to please that demographic too. And I found myself going to the complete extreme of it to the point where I really was only reading for videos and I was sharing nothing else. And that also ultimately ended up completely sucking my love and enjoyment out of everything because I felt like I had to read a million books to kind of get a good runtime for a video because otherwise, again, it wasn't interested enough. And it was easy to feel bad when I was talking about other things and interests because I had people that only wanted to see the reader side of me and not anything else. And listen, let me not invalidate that. I think it's completely valid when people say, hey, I only want to watch and consume content from a creator that exclusively showcases their love of books and their reading and their reviews 
and they don't share any other part of their lives. That is completely fair as well. I think what we can't forget, even if we seek out that content, is that people are multifaceted. And just like they enjoy books and readings, they hold other interests and hobbies. Myself, personally, yes, I love books. Yes, I love reading, but it is not all that I do. I absolutely love makeup. And while I do currently have a very complicated relationship with it that we can definitely touch on further into the podcast, I like makeup. And obviously, I pursued it professionally, and that is... First and foremost, beyond being a content creator, my profession, I also really love movies. And although I'm not a fucking movie critic, I will sit there and talk about the movie. <laughs> I will definitely have things to say about the acting and about the cinematographical shots and shit, even though I don't really understand the science behind it fully. I love music and I listen to music every day. And before I did makeup and content creation, I wanted to pursue theater as well. And I love theater too. You will see me every single day dancing to the fucking Hadestown original Broadway score and the off-Broadway version too. You will see me literally listening to musical theater all the time and watching those line tutorials when she can. Yes, I will. I will admit. And so again, many an interest outside of reading. And beyond that, also my days are not only exclusively reading. I do many a thing throughout my day and I would love to share those things more openly and and I would like to talk about those things more openly. But at the time, I felt like I couldn't because people wanted a very specific type of content. And what I wasn't realizing at the time is that while people may want that, what I need to prioritize is what I want to create, what I want to put out there. What is my vision and mission when I am creating content? And what is that thing that moves me so much that I want to put it out as a form of media to consume out into the world? And I really wasn't seeing it for what it was. I was just trying to cater to everyone and people please. And again, it really didn't work out for me. And while I don't think that book spaces are the only ones guilty of boxing creators and audience members in for this one hobby they hold, I think it really is just like the internet as a whole that amplifies those feelings and makes them really loud to the point that it directly influences what you're doing, how you're doing it, and how and what and when you are consuming things or not, which is why I have made it my mission walking into 2023, although it may seem <laughs> impossible, you can call me Tom Cruise because I will get it done. <laughs> I wish I had like a laugh track to really show you guys how funny I think that was. And you better have laughed with me or at me. But if you didn't laugh, like you are right, like it really wasn't that funny. But my point is, I have really been making it a big point in 2023. I don't know why I found that so funny. I'm sorry, guys. That was really bad. But I have made it a point to read slower, to take my time, and to intentionally pick out the books I am reading, even if that means I'm reading slower. But I think in turn, it'll make me really think out and intentionally also pick out which vlogs I am putting up for you guys this year, which I think is truly my route right now and what I want to focus on. Because I don't think you'll be seeing a lot of experimental, quote unquote, whatever that means to me and you, reading vlogs this year. And it'll much rather be me just picking up a camera whenever it feels right, updating that vlog whenever it feels right. If that means updating on the book or what I am reading, awesome. If that means maybe talking about something not book related, 
then awesome. Because I want to make sure that I am showing all sides of me and that I am being authentic, not only with you guys, but with myself. Because I never want to box myself into this one thing and pretend like I don't have any other interest. And so... I took off two weeks at the beginning of the year, as you would know. I took off two weeks from work, from reading. I didn't read anything at all, which felt so weird because of my track record last year. It also felt so weird to not have to look at work and to not have to film or edit because I left sort of a lot of things ready by the time I took my break. And I took the time to really sit with myself and really think about what I've been doing, how I felt about that thing in particular, and how the internet and the spaces that I reside in were directly affecting the way that I was consuming and producing content. And again, where I wanted to go after that, because I think that was really an important thing for me, was, okay, what does reading slow mean to me? At what point of the day do I get to, like, pick up a book? Like, what what the fuck do I do? Like, I was just lost, because I really, it really started to feel almost like that first initial baby Mel picking up a book moment where I was trying to pick up a book because it felt right in the moment because I wanted to escape from something not wholly in a bad way but when did I pick it up right and so I think I spent like a solid amount of time between end of 2022 and beginning of this year not picking anything up and just, again, reassessing all things, getting back into work and doing all of those housekeeping tasks that you typically need to get done when you're getting back into work. By the time that I finally picked up, what I say finally, it was like only <laughs> a few days, but after I picked up my first book of the year, I wanted to make sure that I was picking up something that was either a five-star prediction or something that I genuinely thought I would really, really love. And I picked up Delilah Green Doesn't Care. I took my time with it, especially for romance books. I'm, I'm very sort of used to reading them quite fast. Took a few days with it and I absolutely fucking loved it. By the way, if you haven't read Delilah Green Doesn't Care, that is the first recommendation of this podcast. Let us start out with Delilah Green Doesn't Care. An absolute beautiful, stunning romance book. The emotional depth to all of these characters and their relationships with each other were unlike anything I'd read before in a romance setting. And so if you're looking for a romance book that has it all from the very complicated and nuanced family relationships all the way to characters that you can feel what they feel, that has a sapphic romance, that has a single mom trope, just all the things, would highly suggest you pick up Delilah Green because it is one of the best romances I have ever read. Really looking forward to the sequel. I already own it so I just have to pick it up and read it. But point is, I really took my time with it. I soaked up the story and it was in turn so easy for me to just pick up a book whenever I felt like it and not feel like I put the book down and I just finished it and I immediately need to run to my office and grab another book and start it. And so I have been on that journey of making it, again, a part of my routine, a part of my life and making it feel sustainable. I have also found out I'm definitely a morning reader. I am the type of person that likes to sit down with a good cup of coffee. Talk about unoriginal. I bet you've never heard that one before, but I really do love making my coffee in the morning, sitting down with the book and just getting those 30 minutes, that one hour in of reading before I have to move on to anything else. I also just love sporadically picking up a book throughout the day when 
when I feel like it. And even more so, listening to audiobooks on one time speed, it is so enjoyable. I had completely forgotten what it was like to just let the audiobook do its thing. I am the type of person that I'm very much used to putting things in the background as I get stuff done around the house. I love catching up on videos and that's primarily how I do it while I cook, while I clean, while I organize. And I have been doing that now with audiobooks and the experience is truly unmatched. I just let it play and I get things done again around the house and it really does feel like such an immersive experience that I've completely forgotten about because I was fucking playing Relay Race with my books. I was like, okay, this one done and then the other one. Grab the stick, buddy. It's your time and I was really just speeding them up for the sake of finishing them and not sitting with them and I think there's there's something to say about the overconsumption of things because it's really it's really big and sometimes we don't notice how that impacts our everyday life but it was again killing my enjoyment of books too and now I can play my little cozy games I can do my thing while I listen to my audiobook and it is again unmatched. I would not give that up for anything right now. It is the most enjoyable. And I'm not even kidding you. I literally bought a Lego orchid because I have cats. I don't trust them around plants on the house, not even flowers. Because even if they're not poisonous, I really do think these two girly pops will attack a plant and attempt to eat it or successfully eat it. And so <laughs> I've been kind of thinking about sort of decorating certain rooms and certain things with Legos, <laughs> and particularly the botanical Legos. And so I bought one. And let me tell you, I am fully ready to turn up my audiobook and build this freaking orchid. And it's going to be stunning. And I'm so fucking excited. I think I just primarily forgot how enjoyable it was to pick up a book, to take my time, to finish it regardless of how long it took, and then wait a few days before picking something else up. And now that I have this feeling of enjoyment back after taking my time off and now just reading whenever it feels right, I absolutely love it. And it almost in a way makes me emotional to say like, oh my God, I reconnected with it. And I don't have everything figured out. Let me tell you that there are definitely instances where I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost to the end of the book. What happens if I just speed it up a little and I have to hold myself back from doing it because it's the only thing I've known to do for about a year and a half now. And so I'm really enjoying this sort of slow time and intentional time with what I am reading. And honestly, it's been pretty fucking successful. Most of my books this year so far, granted, I've only, I see, that's part of the issue, only. Why do I have to say only seven books? You know what? I wear my badge of pride. I have read seven books, everyone. And most of those books have been highly rated. Obviously, ratings are subjective too, but to me, getting a new favorite book out of a reading experience is one of the best things ever. And I can say very proudly, very confidently that most of the books I have read this year are exactly that. They are either close to being a favorite because they were really, really good, or they are a new favorite. And it's unbeatable. And so, yes, I feel like the bottom line of this whole thing is... 
I know what it's like to be invalidated or feel invalidated as a reader. I've been through it myself. I know what it feels like. I think it happens way too often for anybody's liking in these spaces. However, reading is such a subjective experience that we can only hope to do right by us. And if that means that we have to make sure that reading fits into our lives in a way that doesn't take away the fun and feel sustainable to us, then we kind of have to prioritize that. We are not only how many books we read, we are not only the books that we are reading. And so I just want to put it out there that if that means that you read one book a month, none a month, or 10, 20, 30, so on, because you have the time to, then that's perfect. I think it's unfair to say that there is one standard that everybody has to uphold when it comes to consuming their books, because reading means different things to different people, and we can't expect everybody, again, to be copy and pasting the same shit over and over again and expect it to stick. I can only speak for myself when I say this, but I am the type of person that is so used to doing instead of just being. And this year, I just want to be. I want to be with my books and I want to be with myself and I want to be with the people I love and with the things I love because ultimately I cannot control, none of us can control what other people think of us, of the things we are reading, of the way we rate books, of the way we share our lives, our reading, our reviews out on the internet. But what I can control is what I am reading and when I am reading it and when I am putting things up. And so in this case, again, I can only hope to do right by me. And so let there be a lot of being this year. I think that is the mindset I have walked in with and that I continue or would hope to continue to hold as the year goes along. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. That is quite literally all that I have for you. Read whatever the fuck you want. If you don't feel like reading, put the fucking book down. I That's my philosophy for this year. <laughs> so I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here for the very first episode of Talk and Talk. And I will see you for more Talk and Talk next week. Don't forget to follow the podcast either on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow me on YouTube, my YouTube channel is Mel Reads. I won't even dive into Instagram and anything else because I just don't fucking use it. I do have a Patreon though if you want to support both the podcast and the channel and everything I do. It is patreon.com slash malreads if you want to go over there and support the channel and the pod and all the beautiful things we get done out on the internet. Love you guys so much and I hope to see you next week with a new episode.